York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Another Elton John jam. This one, a little EDM. As he says his farewell. And again, I think out of all the stories that are happening in the 24-hour news circle, in this city, in this region, in this country, and in the world, the most surprising was what happened at 7 o'clock last night. With the lighting up of Saks Fifth Avenue, which is lit up like a Christmas tree between now and uh, January 1st, throngs of people going up and down Fifth Avenue. And when the window opened up, where normally you would see the tree uh, lit, trees lit up, you'd see all the Christmas uh, characters in the window. Instead, it was Elton John at the Baby Grand Piano. And he was playing his last foray. His farewell yellow brick road tour ended right at Saks Fifth Avenue. Everybody thought it was the three-night run at Dodger Stadium that had preceded this. Uh, right there, Chavez Ravine. In fact, we heard about that because two, uh, a man and a woman going to the event was savagely beaten outside. Just so common nowadays in our cities across America. No matter what you're doing, anytime, any place, this can occur. But it allowed us to escape the momentary grind of what's been happening in the city that we love. The grime, the crime, the abandonment, and just the fear that has turned New York City into fear city again. It was just so nice. So nice. But... As we do our 45-minute rip and read with commentary before, yes, Greg Kelly will be in live and locally. That is the commitment that the ownership and management at WABC has made to all of you that on holidays where other stations all across the nation will play best of, which is really worst of, or play infomercials, or they'll have on hosts or hostesses substituting that need to go to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting because they're not ready for prime time. We here 
are number one, second to none, and we intend on staying that way by giving you all live and local programming, especially on these days of tremendous meaning for most, but for others. They're separated from family and friends. It may be the loneliest days of the year, Thanksgiving and Christmas, but no, you've got friends of your own. You've got extended family here at WABC as we reach out and touch you with the most intimate form of broadcasting that has ever existed on this plane. Speaking of cold-hearted, if you could give me that music uh, again a little bit played underneath. You know, I'm not like other talk show hosts and hostess. Come on, Diego, uh, you know me. I need the music accompaniment because I'm looking at these stories about Kanye West, Yeezy Yee, and apparently he'll be with his family somewhere on the West Coast where Kim Kardashian baby got back and their four children. But man, I mean, this guy is weirding out. Not only is he telling everybody who won't listen that Hitler was a great man and the Nazis he admired. It's been saying that since 2018, and it's been left on the cutting room floor. Nobody nobody wanted to broadcast that because they were making money on this guy, this nut job. And apparently he was showing very intimate videos and photographs of his relationship with Baby Got Back to strangers, Kim Kardashian, just flashing it. And then he says he went down to Mar-a-Lago to visit his uh, friend, Donald Trump, the former president. And he told Donald, I'll tell you what, would you like to be my vice president uh, running mate? Yeah, Kanye West going to be running for president again. Ah, this guy's a real screwball. He's got all the furniture upstairs and rearranged in the wrong rooms and definitely cold-hearted. But think about that. There's a theme here. Since 2018, Kanye West, a.k.a. Yeezy, a.k.a. Yee, was telling people that he worked with, telling people that worked for him, telling people that were interviewing him like TMZ and others, that he admired Adolf Hitler and admired the Nazis, and they never brought it to the light of day because he was a billionaire. Everybody was making money off of his madness, his insanity, just like... With Sam Bankman Freed, the Udiskratia, the Shanda head of FTX, which had assets of $32 billion in Bitcoin, cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers, Bitcoin bandits, blockchain criminals. $32 billion in assets that has disappeared. He himself had $18 billion. That's gone. They've got nothing. So this kid who looked like a 15-year-old kid in summer camp who just uh, fell out of a bunk bed in a drug-induced psychosis and so many people threw millions and millions at him, a million investors. Sam Bankman-Fried says I did nothing wrong. And in fact, the New York Times, the old gray lady, is going to feature him on November 30th. I kid you not, they're going to put him in their summit. Bankman Freed, never trust anybody with three names. Remember the name. This goes for everything. Sam Bankman Freed. He is going to be the main speaker at the New York Times Summit in New York on the 30th. And the New York Times has no problem in him being questioned as he sits in his sanctuary in the Bahamas, protected by the Bahamian government, which also had their beak in the trough. 
And you say to yourself, oh, cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers, Bitcoin bandits, blockchain criminals. Remember, it was six months ago and MSNBC was all for toots about Sam Bankman free. They, they, they just, they, they couldn't give him enough props. No, no, no. The cut, the cut, the cut. How Pay did you attention. do this so quickly? I mean, your company is two years old, and you're doing something like $400 billion worth of volume per month, which is 25 times what you did a year ago. How did you get the uptake uh, at scale so fast? You know, it, it was really just a lot of small things put together, a lot of decisions that we've made around how to build the product, trying to be as responsive as we can to customers, to regulators, to counterparties. And, you know, uh, you know, honestly, from our perspective, it's it sometimes feels like the world is just going sort of in slow motion around us and that we're going at, you know, about an average speed by our standards. Now, this guy, right, he's like a junior Bernie Madoff. He's absconded with $32 billion, but the old gray lady of the New York Times is going to feature him in an interview. And they've written nothing but glowing profiles of this guy. I mean, this is crazy. Then his adversary, the evil Zhao, uh, his competitor that runs Binance, another crooked uh, cryptocurrency Ponzi scheming organization, who's been his friend for years, who invested initially in FTX. All of a sudden, he did an interview with CNBC Squawk Box and listen to what he said, like, really, we're supposed to believe you? You kick it out? On a very personal basis, how you think about Sam. And the reason I ask is I think at some point, obviously, you were friends. You were his original investor in all of this. Can you fathom that yeah. he lied to you like this, if that's the case? Yeah, so I'm very shocked that I, I obviously did not know him until about a week or so ago. Um, so I'm, I'm just shocked. Um, I'm, I'm shocked that, you know, he lied to everybody. You didn't know him till a week ago? I didn't know what kind of person. I didn't know that he lied to everybody until a week, a week ago. So, CZ, just, oh, just oh, hold getting on, back. Hold on. You didn't know that he lied until a week ago. You knew the guy. You claim you didn't know him. You invested in FTX. And, in fact, you pulled out all your investments that caused the crash, Zhao, because you're a competitor. Talking about lying. And again, here's another guy who's wanted for insider trading information, finagling with derivatives, all kinds of white-collar crimes. And we're supposed to trust cryptocurrency, blockchain, and Bitcoin? Well, our mayor, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, is competing with Mayor Suarez, the Republican mayor of Miami, to see who can house the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers, the Bitcoin bandits, and the blockchain criminals. And give them sanctuary, either in New York or Miami. It's a uh, competitive bid to do that. And provide them with no transparency. Because he doesn't want any regulation of that industry. Neither does Suarez. I am the first mayor to receive my first three paychecks in crypto. I believe that New York City can be the global hub for cryptocurrency. We cannot let this opportunity pass us by. Crypto is here to stay, and New York City is ready for it. Of course, because you're getting wine-dined and pocket-lined by those cryptocurrency criminals. 
In fact, uh, children in the public schools cannot read at grade level, cannot write at grade level, can't do math at grade level. And Eric Adams, who has been bought uh, completely by the cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers, wants to introduce it as part of the curriculum of the public school system. I mean, how stupid is that, right? What they need are the four R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, and the most important R, respect. He's not alone. You look at Jay-Z, the hip-hop monster from the Marcy Avenue Projects, whose claim to fame initially was he shot his brother, made a rap record out of it, and went platinum, and you know the rest of the story. He's a billionaire in partnership with the NFL. His uh, return investment to the young children of the Marcy Avenue Projects where he grew up is he's opening up an academy to teach them how to become Bitcoin bandits, blockchain criminals, and cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers. It's all a Ponzi scam. Listen to our own John Katzmitz-Tedes, um, Warren Buffett, the sage of Omaha, and even Donald Trump, who have said, we need the paper. The rest of it doesn't make sense. You need to have paper. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Paul McCartney, Stevie Wonder, Ebony and Ivory at uh, Fitz. Our Sid Rosenberg, who you can hear in the mornings Monday through Fridays from 6 to 10. In fact, uh, he's sitting at home in the Irish Riviera, the Rockaways, and he's having capon, castrated rooster, because uh, when he goes at home, he is insignificant. You know, he comes on the airwaves. He's uh, busting his buttons in bridges with pride. My, macho, maniacal. When he goes home, Danielle, right? Hey, you do what I say, right? Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Like all Jewish uh, husbands with their Jewish wives. He's a, uh, he's a, uh, well, what else to call a capon, right? A castrated rooster, right? <laughs> like a lot of guys are. But anyway, not when it comes to his sit-down with Eric Adams. That's all he can talk about, how he and his wife, Danielle, had a sit-down with Eric Adams, the mayor, at some restaurant in Brooklyn they wouldn't tell me about, and how now they're trying to expand the radius to getting my Kumbari Cheech, Rudy Giuliani, and believe it or not, even yours truly involved. Let me give you a little uh, sort of preview of that. You want white people, you want Jews, you want Irish, you want Italians who hate Eric Adams. You got to be a friend to Sid Rosenberg. Yeah. You got to bamboozle them. Because the, the left wing, the DSA, AOC is coming after him the next time he wants to run. That's true. And so Sid can help lead the delegation like Moses from the promised land. All the Atacaca Jews, the Irish, the Italians will follow Sid to back Eric Adams. Over my freaking dead body, Sid Rosenberg. And I've done everything to prevent a sit-down between my... Oh, 
my Kumbani chiefs, Rudy Giuliani oh, and Eric Adams. Oh, and you know I've been lobbying him against that. Big time lobbying Rudy, and it's paying off. Because whereas my Kumbani chiefs, Rudy Giuliani, was amenable to a sit-down with Eric Adams, where it would be him, Eric Adams, and Sid Rosenberg. This... He's been making comments about Eric Adams now that I think would deep six that effort. Okay, but here's Adams, Adams, New York, um, which which um, Sharpton wants to make sure that somebody like me doesn't take over for Adams and bring crime down. I are guess you so more me? black people can be killed. Can I tell you, New Yorkers want you back, Rudy. You are how, gonna... how does he possibly justify that? So because when white. I was in office, you're white. I, I brought that's home... all. That's just, why he's putting it down. So I, I brought homicide down 65 to 70 percent. Uh, seven to eight out of ten of the people saved were black people. That's right. So that's why black people cry right now. When they right you, now, they love you. Right now, if I, I were the mayor, I'd bring homicide down a lot more than it's come down, and I'd save black lives. So what does he have against that? And then Rudy very uh, cryptically uh, pointed out. Well, basically, it's not going to happen. Look at what he had to say about Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Because it's, you know, it's still a work in progress. He's only been there a year. It's been a disaster year, but he's been there a year. He shows very little promise because he's flitting around all the time. He's not being serious. Um, I like serious people and serious jobs, not people who want to go to nightclubs and, you know, love their suits and... Spare me that, huh? Go be a model or something. Go be a model. That's really what he should be, a runway model. If not, just sit in the front row with all the other fashionistas and go from floor show to floor show. But anyway, you would think that what I had to say to Sid, what Rudy has had to say about Eric Adams, would deep six any potential sit-down. And listen, Sid was strutting around, not like a capon yesterday, but like a rooster. He's a capon today. But yesterday he was a rooster, and he was giving me and Rudy a date for the sit-down. Uh, December on your back. December 14th as we go to break here. Write that date down. December 14th, okay. You know what that is? Uh, what? That's the night that Rudy, Mayor Adams, Sidney, and Curtis, you, Curtis, oh, go for dinner. Oh, very good. And then I'll have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what that leads to. So imagine, here's Sid Rosenberg knowing the way I feel about Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. I made myself very obviously, I made it known that this guy is doing a worse job than Bill de Blasio. Nobody thought that would be possible, but he is. Look at the analytics. And and clearly, my Kumbhada Cheech, Rudy Giuliani is piling on each and every day. And yet Sid wants to be a kingmaker. He's not only now promised to set up a sit-down with um, Rudy Giuliani with Eric Adams. He's now promising to have me sit in on it, and he'll be there. So it'll be two against two. Ebony and Ivory, Sid and Eric Adams versus Rudy Giuliani and Curtis Lewin. He said December 14th. Mark that down on the calendar. We'll see if he can deliver. In fact, tomorrow morning when he's back, I'm going to bum rush his program. I'm going to put the pressure on Sid Rosenberg. If I got to sit and hold his hand from 6 to 10, I'm going to say, yeah, I want you to dot that I and cross that T. No, you're not getting away with just saying it. 
You got to do it. And uh, who was Eric Adams' swagger man's partner during the midterm elections? He did everything he could to get Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb elected for the very first time. Remember, she had replaced Andrew Evilize Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, had never been elected governor, but she barely became governor as she beat uh, Congressman Lee Selden by about five percentage points. And if many of you were paying attention to my predictions, I had said, focus on Erie County. Don't focus on Nassau or Suffolk or the five boroughs. They're important. But if Lee Zeldin wins Erie County, the home county of Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, he will be the next governor. He lost by five percentage points. Pataki, when he ran against Mario Facha Bruta Como King Como the first back in 94, won Erie County. First time a Republican had one Erie County in a month of Sundays by five percentage points. So had Lee Zeldin actually won Erie County by the same margin that Pataki beat Mario Facha Bruta Como instead of losing to the hometown girl, the sugar mama for Erie County who provided money close to a billion dollars for that new Buffalo Bills stadium in Orchard Park, which I don't know if they're ever going to find anything uh, in Buffalo or having to dig out like six, seven, eight foot of snow. But the, the, the bottom line being, that would have been the differential in victory. The other thing you have to say about Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb is she knows nothing about nothing about the MTA, the money-taking agency, because somebody needs to tell her she's in charge of the running of buses and subways at Long Island Railroad and Metro North. She acts like it's not her responsibility. But she acts as if she's knowledgeable about the crimes that recently have been committed And she's putting it all on the plate of white supremacy. Many communities in New York, particularly here in New York City, are experiencing the day-to-day instances of harassment and abuse, all because of their diversity. You know, a brick thrown at the window of an LGBTQ bar in Manhattan this weekend. Members of the Sikh community attacked in Queens. The rise in Asian hate across the city and state over the last couple years, where we have White supremacists, right-wing extremists, and domestic terrorists trying to stoke fear in the hearts of New Yorkers. Now, lady, let me straighten you out, because you know not what you say. The guy was captured who had thrown the brick like Ignatz the Cat four times into the window of that gay bar in downtown Manhattan. It turned out, when he was arrested, he was gay himself. And he said the reason he did it is he had a beef with the patrons inside because they had abused one of his friends. So strike one, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. Then she claimed white supremacists were responsible for the attack of the Sikh four months ago in Richmond Hill, Queens. Richmond Hill High School, remember, had graduated Phil Rizzuto. But now it is predominantly Sikh community and a community of a lot of folks from British Guyana. The guy arrested for clocking the Sikh was African-American, not a white supremacist. So how many places can we go? Well, let's look at what happened on the shuttle train between Grand Central Station and Times Square the other day. Three African-American teenage thugs and thugettes attack an Asian, beat the living daylights out of them, and run. They still haven't been caught. They weren't even wearing masks. We got the video live at 5, and they'll show you 
how inept the police have become because their morale is shattered. They couldn't even arrest three teenagers, right? Everybody by now has seen them. They know who they are. And I know there's a code in the hood. Snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. But you would have thought they would have clipped them by now. Nothing. And then uh, lastly, we have the crime that you would have thought was the worst anti-Semitic attempted crime ever to be committed in New York City. There were two guys, two white boys that were clipped by a task force of the NYPD and uh, the MTA police, the MTA police or the state police that guard basically property. You know, they'll they'll guard the trains in the layups. They'll guard uh, the Long Island Railroad trains, the Metro North trains, the subway trains. They'll guard the buses. And basically, they do no patrolling, but they had a task force because they got a report from a um, Jewish organization that somebody on Twitter appeared to be plotting to do harm to Jews and maybe in a synagogue on Friday night. So they reacted quickly. They clipped this one guy who is from out in Long Island, clearly a white supremacist, Gentile, no doubt about it. He was running, uh, in fact, a white supremacist hate line. But the other guy who got clipped who had the guns and the ammunition, who had gone with him to Pennsylvania to make the purchases, was a Jewish guy from the Upper West Side. And I've asked this question over and over. How can it be an anti-Semitic crime if one of the participants, and it was only a two-person operation, was a Jew whose fraternal fraternal grandfather was a Holocaust victim, whose maternal grandfather... A guy named Epstein said, oh, yeah, he was involved, but, you know, he he got hoodwinked by the other guy. What do you mean to tell me? The Gentile outsmarted the Jew? Get out of here. So, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, why don't you just shut your mouth until all the facts are in? Now, the bigger issue is what happened in Colorado Springs at the um, gay club when this madman went in, shot five dead with an AR-15 rifle. He also had a handgun fully loaded. And then wounded 18. And right away, oh, he's got to be MAGA. He's got to be MAGA. He's got to be a white, uh, a white supremacist. It's got to be. Because there obviously are a bunch of them out in Colorado. We saw clashes between white supremacists and Black Lives Matter and Antifa at the height of the demonstrations after George Floyd was killed in the streets of South Minneapolis by the uh, Minneapolis police officers in the summer of 2020. We saw the clashes in downtown Denver. So, yeah, we know they're there. Well, guess what? (laughs) It it turns out it was not a white supremacist. The guy who did it, and again, never trust anybody with three names, turns out to be non-binary. Non-binary. And you say to yourself, what? Non-binary. Is he a white supremacist? Because surely you could be non-binary and a white supremacist. Not likely, but surely. And notice how CNN was so confused by all of this, as all of you are confused. Because remember, according to the rule book, whoever put this rule book out, nowadays you can identify as any one of 72 different gender identifications or have 72 different sexual preferences on any given day. So if one day you're non-binary, the next day you could say you're asexual, which means you have sex with nobody, and your will, 
as to what you're being described must be respected. Listen to how confused the CNN correspondent was. Public defenders say, quote, Anderson Aldrich is non-binary. They use they, them pronouns. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's not anything that we had heard from his background. You know, people have been looking into his background. And uh, I don't know if anybody here, are you guys lawyers? I mean, you know, I don't know if, I, I don't know what to say about that. I don't know what to say about that. Hey, welcome to the new world. You have to refer to him as they. So in all the reports that are coming out about, again, and what have I said, never trust anybody with three names, Anderson Lee Aldridge. All of the written documentation now is they refer to him as they. And you say to yourself, why are we honoring what he wants to be referred to as This guy just killed five people and shot 18 people in that. Oh, God. We've lost our minds. So I'm looking at all these reports, and they're referring to him as they. Now, they generally is plural, right? They. They. It's just him. But because he wants to be referred to as they, as non-binary, they're all referring to him as they. As confused as this CNN anchor was, the rest of the world is confused when they're reading the reports and saying, they, did he have a partner? Was there somebody else with him who went in there with him? You know, maybe the the gunman we didn't know about. And by the way, the crime continues in New York City. Just because it's Tom Turkey Day and the parade is over, having come up past Macy's Herald with thousands watching from both sides. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, has done nothing, nothing about crime in the subways. It's getting worse, even though he claims he's flooded the subway system with additional cops. It's the second time he made that plan. Did you see how a man tried to kidnap a 10-year-old boy at 34th Street and Herald Square, tried to pick him up and grab him out? Lucky his two siblings were with him and fought him off. Did you see how that guy tried to rape a woman on the northbound number four train. You could see the video. He's removing his pants and underwear and and getting on top of her. Luckily, she fought him off. And this is what they say about the suspect. Police said the suspect is between 25 to 35 years old with bleach blonde hair and a right eyebrow piercing. He was last seen wearing a black winter jacket with a fur-trimmed hood, a gray BMW hoodie, gray BMW sweatpants and white sneakers, What was his color? Inquiring minds want to know. And then lastly, Upper East Side, you are affected by crime like you've never been affected before. No wonder so many people have moved out of the Upper East Side, either out to the Hamptons permanently or down to Florida like so many other New Yorkers. A dozen guys were drinking outside of a grocery store on East 75th Street and 1st Avenue. When have you ever seen a dozen guys on 1st Avenue and East 75th Street, the heart of the Upper East Side, drinking brew? A fight broke out. The suspect stabbed one man in the leg and the other in the groin. Oh, man, that hurts to get stabbed in the groin. Oh, I mean, I've been shot there, so I can imagine what it what it's like when you're stabbed there. The group of men was believed to be delivery workers because there were several breaks at the location. Of course, 
The suspect left his bike at the scene and fled on foot and has yet to be captured like everybody else in the city. The over-under point spread is if you commit the crime, even if you wave at the cameras, even if it's video at 5, live at 5, the likelihood is you'll get away because the police department's morale is at an all-time low. There are not enough cops. And even if the guy gets clipped, what are the chances that Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DEA friend of the criminal, turn him loose, Alvin Bragg, will turn this guy loose, too? With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. NYC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Well, it's getting thick and thicker out there. Recently, uh, the uh, permission was given to have three casinos that could open up downstate. All three possibly in New York City, probably just two that would be all-purpose casinos. We already have the casino at Aqueduct that makes more money than any casino in the nation in terms of what it turns over to the state. 60% of its take goes to the state of New York. So there's an argument to be made that the owners and operators of the Racino and Aqueduct should be able to turn it into an all-purpose casino, not just electronic uh, gambling games, but the regular kind of board games. They have in a bit. You have... Uh, Naturally, Steve Cohen, who should be in jail for insider trading information, owner of the Mets. And he's looking at the um, area surrounding City Field, which has always been uh, permeated by junkyards. It's now run by Afghans and pa- and Pakistanis, so uh, you can make a bet and then get a used uh, muffler. Uh, that would seem to be a potentially likely location because of the proximity of all the Asians who love to gamble morning, noon, and night when they're not working. Then you have those who want a all-purpose casino in Times Square. That would make no sense whatsoever. Or over at Hudson Bay because the place is like a morgue now. Nobody has come back to Hudson Bay. And then you have Vito Fisella, the borough president of Staten Island, whose appearance is here on the Live at Five edition with John Katsimatidis. Monday through Friday, he's made the pitch that there should be a casino right in the North Shore, right next to Ferry Hawk Stadium and the ferry. And then now the New York Yankees are saying, as part of their consortium, they want to bring a casino out to Coney Island. The Yankees own about 25% interest in what would be the development of a casino out in Coney Island if it comes about. Obviously, there are pluses and minuses about all these locations. So you really have the Mets and the Yankees at each other's throats. Steve Cohen, 
owner of the Mets, who wants uh, the rights to have an all-purpose casino right next to City Field, next to the junkyards, next to Flushing with all the Asian gamblers who will get on buses after they work 10, 12 hours and go all the way up to uh, the Catskills or go to Atlantic City, wherever they can find any action, legal or illegal. And now you have the Yankees. Want to put an all-purpose casino out in Coney Island. You can imagine the enormity of this, the whining, dining, and pocket lining that will be going on. There was an attempt uh, when that Racino was first uh, coming about to have AEG... uh, own and operate it. They wanted to be the first. They were whining, dining, and pocket lining, folks. Very lucky that my husband-in-law, Governor David Patterson, didn't go to jail over that. Eric Adams, who is the head of gambling in the state Senate. Uh, Congressman Floyd Flake, uh, John Sampson, who eventually went to jail on other measures and others. It was such a corrupt process. And now some of these same individuals are going to be responsible where these three potential all-purpose casinos can be placed downstate. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Oh, my God. You're talking about Mr. Wine Me, Dine Me, Pocket Line Me. But please don't do it with Bitcoin or blockchain or cryptocurrency. <laughs> and Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, who has proven that she is open to bribes 24-7-365. So the battle has begun. The lobbyists are out. And you know, this is probably going to become one of the most contentious and most corrupt processes that have ever occurred in a very corrupt city and state we know as New York. business, landlord, or institution, and you got a problem, the 77 WABC Consumer Problem Solvers wants to solve it. They signed for a job, and then... You know, they said they did the work, and they never did it. And then this happened. Good service. I've been waiting here for three hours. Hi, I'm Noam Layden, 77 WABC News Director. From scam artists to BS artists and everything in between. Let us know how we can help. Submit your problems online at WABC Radio. 